Welcome to the Mind Muscle Connection Podcast, a show that is dedicated to educating you on applying science-based training, nutrition, and mindset strategies from some of the top minds in the industry to help you build a leaner, stronger, and more confident self. I'm your host, Jeff Hain. Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Mind Muscle Connection Podcast. Today is a solo episode and I have three questions that I'm going to answer. Um, before I dive into them, I wanted to just go over how you can support the podcast. So first, if you could um, leave a rating and a review for the podcast, that will help more people um, see this, this podcast and obviously you will help those people out as well too. So much appreciated there. Next, you can follow me on Instagram, jeffh91 underscore. Uh, then I have and that's where I put most of my content out on. And I have my uh, email list in there. I'm just sending over um, content for the week um, and any specials and offers that I have as well too will be sent over. I'm not going to send you garbage or anything like that. Uh, it's all useful content. And the link for that is in the show notes. And then lastly, I have my one-on-one online coaching service. And this is for people who are looking to build some muscle, lose some body fat, and you know, just look good in the swimsuit, right? We're just trying to help you look better uh, in your swimsuit for the summer. And so if you need more accountability and structure and guidance with that, then my one-on-one online coaching program is for you. And if you need more information on that, you can click the link in the show notes as well for that. And again, if you click on that, you're not obligated to anything. We just set up a time. We just set up a phone call to see if it would be something that would be a good fit for you and something that you would be interested in. So anyways, with that out of the way, let's dive into the questions. So first question I have is, is it weird to be hungry when reversing more food, but more hungry, dot, dot, dot. And so here, I don't think that this is unnormal at all, right? I think it's okay. So you're adding in more calories. So theoretically you would think that, and again, real quick. So we're going to use a reverse diet for clients who uh, just got done with a fat loss phase and we just want to get them back to their maintenance. Okay. A reverse diet isn't, I've talked about reverse dieting before, and it's not going to be something that you're going to like stay as lean as you, as you are. Uh, you're not going to get leaner in the process, right? Like it's just a way to help you get back to your maintenance calories. So that way you don't regain all of that body fat that you lost in your fat loss phase. If you want like more information on what reverse dieting is, uh, I did an episode on that. Um, I will have to dive into it real quick to see, but I believe it was so somewhere in the one eighties. I'm pulling it up real quick. I apologize. So episode one eighty nine. So if you want more information on that, uh, we definitely, that's, that's where you would go um, for that, just to get a more in-depth knowledge on like some myths around it, truths around it, and like how, how I actually use it with a client. Um, so definitely check out that episode. But again, reverse is just adding in more calories, getting you back to your maintenance. And so again, you'd think that by doing that, you would see hunger lower, but because you're coming off of a fat loss phase, you know, your body is primed for weight regain. Now, there's obviously levels of leanness to this. If you're somebody that went from like 35 to 30% body fat, that's going to be different than somebody that went from 15 to 8% body fat um, in terms of how hungry you are. But either way, there is, once you're in a deficit, you lose some body fat, there is, your body is going to want to regain that weight. So you're going to see an increase in like hunger and cravings. Uh, so you have that going on, right? So no matter what, that's that's already going to be there regardless of food intake or or anything like that. So 
totally normal to feel that way in a reverse diet. And then from there, if, if this is happening to some things that I would have you look at specifically are going to be, you know, obviously making sure you're, you're lifting weights during this period of time, you know, looking at your sleep, your sleep and stress. If, if sleep is off, stress is higher, that's going to cause your body to want to, you know, eat more food already and probably drive you towards tastier food as well too. Now, if from, from there, what we want to look at is food choice. Okay. So you, you already have this kind of increase in hunger and cravings following a fat loss diet, but then in your body specifically looking out for energy dense foods. Okay. So if you are starting to eat more calorie dense foods, highly palatable foods, your body's going to want, that's going to be kind of that magic in your brain there. That's going to light it up to be like, okay, let's get some more of this. So, so you have that going on. Okay. So look at food choice. Uh, you know, tasty foods are going to be tougher to moderate because you have that increase in hunger and cravings and your body's drive to eat hyper palatable foods. And, and that's driven up here in this period of time when your body's trying to regain that lost body fat. So if you give it some of that, it is going to taste better. You're going to almost feel like a bottomless pit in this process. And from there, you know, so obviously food choice, but this goes into food choice, but you know, we do want to make sure that uh, protein doesn't fall too far as well. Uh, just because again, we want to, it's going to help with satiety. And I just find that when you focus on a, like a certain amount of protein, especially from lean sources, it just helps displace other food choices. And you have to, by default, almost have this like more whole food kind of basis. Uh, your, your, your nutrition is biased towards more whole foods because of that. So it just, again, helps displace those, uh, poor tasting food. So definitely make sure you're hitting a, a protein goal, um, and, and a calorie goal during this time. But I think the big thing here is you can see if you don't have any structure after fat loss phase, how it can be tough to moderate food intake. And if you just kind of go back to doing what you were doing before, you're even though you're eating more calories, you're almost going to feel like a bottomless pit. So this is where we have to make better food choices. We can't just all of a sudden start to change our food intake to, to taste your foods because you're going to have that, your body's going to be primed to regain body fat in that period of time. So we have to be smarter with our choices and just realize that this is going to happen. So we have to continue to we increase food intake, but we have to make sure that we still have most of our fat loss principles in check during this period of time, um, because it's going to be super important then to help mitigate those that hunger response. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention too is you do want to make sure that you are getting your steps in as well too. You know, don't let don't let that fall too far as well. So, just kind of sum this up: you want to make sure sleep and stress are still on point. You want to look at food quality, make sure that's in check. You're just more so eating more your diet foods just in a little bit more quality or quantity um, until we, you know, until you get, get past that, that post diet period. We want to make sure we're lifting weights. Uh, we want to make sure we hit a, a minimum amount of steps. And um, those are kind of your big rocks there. I don't, I don't think I missed uh, anything on that, but that's what we want to do there with that. Okay. Um, so it's just totally normal to, to have this hunger response following a diet that you're, you just feel more hungrier. So Again, just have to manage it just like everything else. Um, it's just another potential challenge that we have to deal with in this in this process. So next question is, would you lower protein when you bulk? Uh, again, we can use bulk different ways, massing, building, whatever it may be. Um, but bulk essentially is just you're in a calorie surplus. So like 400 carbs plus, 500, 600. So if... So this is definitely an option, uh, especially if you are having trouble hitting your your calories. So if you're somebody that is trying to elicit weight gain and protein tie because you, you think that you need to hit a certain protein goal or like you, hey, hey you're, you're kind of using like fat loss principles here where it's 
again, maybe more tasty food, again, proteins higher. Uh, and, and so in this case, like I would lower, lower protein for sure. in, in this, uh, situation. So there's, there's been talk about, you know, there's that one gram per pound of body weight that people like religiously stick to. And when we're in a calorie surplus and we're lifting weights, you can lower that protein amount a little bit lower, uh, just because again, like, you know, we, first we want to make sure we're getting in enough calories, but because you're in that calorie surplus and again, your, your weight training, your body's just in a much better position to build muscle. You don't have to be as on top of your protein intake. Whereas when you're a fat loss dieting, you do want to be on top of it a bit more because you're in that calorie deficit, which isn't going to be great for uh, maintaining muscle or building muscle. Uh, so it becomes a little bit more important to make sure that protein intake is, is higher. Now, what I will say on this, the issue you can run into if you do this low is as you increase carbs, you could start to get more of your protein from incomplete uh, sources, right? Comp more complementary protein. So what I mean by that is say in my fitness pal, you have your, your numbers or any, anything you track it, 180 grams of protein, 400 grams of carbs, and uh, just 75 fats, right? Say that's where it's at. And then you're like, you know what? I'm going to bump carbs up to, I'm going to drop protein down to 160. I'm going to bump carbs up to, to 440 or whatever it may be, right? I'm just making up numbers here. What's going to happen here in this situation is if you just do that, my the problem you can run into is you could start to see your protein intake. You A lot more of your protein is going to come from incomplete sources, okay? So you have to look out for that. And that's not necessarily bad, especially if we are... Again, we're in a surplus, so we have a little bit more wiggle room there. And if we're uh, very st strategic on the types of protein, uh, the complementary proteins that we get, right? Like, so for example, if you have that combination of like rice and beans, you know, that's going to get you, uh, again, they're going to be, in, uh, they're going to be complementary proteins, but together they're going to get you that amino acid profile that you need for a complete protein. So you see that, so you can, so you do have to be more careful on that, but as you get higher and higher, it's tough to manage that. So again, what you could see happen is that you're going to be getting more of your protein from more incomplete sources. And it's not necessarily the worst thing in the world, but again, if you do it too much, it's going to start to add up. So what you might, so what I would suggest you potentially do in this situation, if you're finding that hunger is you're just, you don't want to eat as much protein as you are. You're finding that uh, you're getting full. It's hard to get your calories in. And so you want to drop protein a little bit. That's fine. You can totally do that. But what you might want to do is you might not necessarily want to drop your protein number per se, uh, but just decrease the amount of, but just decrease the amount of like lean protein sources you eat, right? So kind of trade them a little bit. So it's like you still keep in your, in that example I gave earlier, you're still keeping your protein at 180 grams. You're just eating, you're just trading a little bit more for uh, like, again, carb sources or whatever, right? So it's like, you're still getting that protein number higher. Uh, but because again, you're more of your protein is going to be from, uh, complementary sources. And so if you keep that protein, the same, if you keep that number, the same, you're not, you're, you won't like your, your protein won't fall too far at that point. Right. Cause again, if you get more of it just from the Basically, by keeping your protein number the same, you're going to ensure that you're not losing out too much on the on the uh, 
whole protein sources, right? Because again, more more and more as you increase your carbon taker, it's going to come from that. So by keeping protein the same, you're still going to hit that number um, and whatnot. Whereas if you just drop down to 160, you're going to start to see a smaller protein amount. But again, more of that's going to be through complementary uh, proteins, okay? Uh, so we probably don't have to be rigid with that one gram per pound of body weight number when you're in a surplus. Uh, so this is certainly an option. Uh, you have a little bit more regal room with protein than you think, but you just want to look out for getting too much of your total amount of protein from complementary sources. Okay. So again, probably want to keep that, I would say at least 80% or so from your normal, from lean protein sources, uh, if, if that makes sense. All right. So next question is, should calories be increased when bulking on days when meat is higher than a typical day? So for example, you're getting 2000 to 500 steps more than a standard day. So again, somebody is trying to gain weight and they have a day where they expend more energy by getting more steps. And so should you increase calories on those days? So again, this is an option, but it could, it just, to me, it just adds an extra layer of complexity to the situation. So again, it's like, oh, I had 205, I had 3000 more steps. So that's going to equal how many more extra calories. And it's like, that's just going to add a lot of confusion to the situation. Okay. So this is why I would recommend just keeping your calories the same. And then from there, you're going to look at what your weight trend is doing over a few weeks. And and if it isn't moving up as you would like, then you need to increase your food intake. Okay. That's going to be a much easier way to go about this rather than like trying to change your calorie amount to match your activity. Uh, Cause uh, a couple of reasons, one, it's, it's, complex to do that to the body's so dynamic that things are going to change from day to day. And you just don't know for sure what's going to actually happen there. Uh, so I would just say, again, this is, this is where you just to, to make it simple, track your body weight over time. Again, if it's not trending up as you would like, then that means you just need to increase your caloric amount rather than trying to match your calorie amount to the physical activity amount. Cause again, it's just going to be very, very uh, confusing there and add a layer of complexity to it. And we're trying to make this as simple as possible. We don't want to make things confusing just to do that. So in theory, that makes sense. It would, it sounds like something you would do, but when practically it just isn't feasible for, for most people. And again, we don't, the body's so dynamic that you're not going to be able to really track those, those changes, um, in, in such a tightly controlled fashion. So hopefully that, uh, was helpful there. Uh, if you guys have any questions on anything, let me know. And I will talk to you guys later this week. Thank you for listening. If you want more free content like this, follow me on Instagram at jeffh H nine one underscore or visit jhhealth.net. See you next time.